who grew your 40 million dollar channel through a podcast community so can you please share the process of how does it happen everybody talks about finding your passion honestly when i used to hear that it would piss me off that within a year led to this really engaged community that generated 40 million bucks we realized that those 40 million dollars really came from the 30 super engaged fans that were a part of it from the beginning people do not get the sunday scaries thinking oh my god i got to solve for a community on monday morning my boss is going to fire me if i that he's demanding community no people are generally demanding something that leads to revenue like the the lowest benefit of this thing is it's the greatest networking tool of all times this my number one piece of advice is find a way to serve the people that hold the keys to the doors that you want to open it's much more valuable to be a kingmaker than to try to be king audio medium of podcast is a big big real estate opportunity Hey 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 guys how are you going on so after a long week we are back with the entrepreneurs warrior show and this is where we interview entrepreneurs coaches consultants who are expert in their niche and in this amazing series today we have a super duper awesome guest with us and he's someone who is uh, doing the same stuff like me pro hosting interview shows and doing so many great things a very good thing is about him is he's obsessed with human connection and he used this expertise on the subject to manage a 120 person he's a co-founder cmo at be stage founder and host at b2b community builder show podcast his work featured in two major book and one is ultimate sales machine the author of the book amanda homes is also on our podcast he is a professional speaker he grew a 40 million channel through a podcast community for his first client which is something crazy and we are going to discuss about like how he did it so without further ado let's have our super awesome guest pablo on the stage what's okay, up man what an intro dude i love it i love that um I love that video intro man a bunch of great people that I love being guilty by association with like uh like Amanda and Luis Camejo and and Troy and all those people and they're very cool man thanks for having me on thank you so much and it's really pleasure to have you here and uh, thank you so much once again thanks a lot guys make sure you stay with us till the end because Pablo is going to share with a lot a lot a lot golden nuggets right so Pablo uh when we um, start Can you please share a little bit about yourself like I saw that you are into construction for 15 years and now you are into this online business online space doing podcasting providing service so what was the shift and how did you enter into this What's your oh, man. Yeah I'd love to I you know Nilesh I I uh I think I'm pretty similar to a lot of people in that the career that I first started in just never really sat right for me I I took this construction job out of college because my parents pushed me into the safe thing and uh for 15 years I I started with this like Fortune 500 company and then I was running Orange County when I was 25 years old I was running like a 15 million dollar business with 120 employees and uh and I kept just trying to like find my way in it and that took me into green building consulting and doing a bunch of stuff that I was passionate about as a subject but didn't really focus on my superpowers right like everybody talks about finding your passion and not working another day in the life and honestly when i used to hear that it would piss me off cuz i'm like who who gets a job 
uh, based on the passion of like being a fanatical friend maker, right? Like I'm not a sales guy and that's what people would try to like pigeonhole into me or I was always working in some kind of like management level. And by getting involved in nonprofits in Miami and starting these like young professional groups for different charities, I stumbled into this formula of the people that have the most influence are people that serve others. And you only really need a handful of interested folks to get an to get the, a meeting or, or build a relationship with somebody that normally wouldn't just take a cup of coffee with you. And I started doing this in the like the meetings for this like young professionals group. Then I started doing it through events. And eventually I realized that through content, you could really do this stuff at scale. And that turned me into a business developer. And I also had a giant aha moment at my um, at my brother's funeral when 1,200 people showed up and it hit me for the first time ever that uh, the the Catholic church that I was a part of wasn't just a religion to me. It was my community. And, and I realized at that moment that the community thing was the most valuable thing that could happen for me in the worst moment of my life. And at the same time, I realized that it was a business case, right? It was solving a need for me. And I started nine years ago chasing this idea of community creation for business development that once I layered on what I had learned with the nonprofits and things around content, all of a sudden became a go-to-market business development strategy. And I've just been building a, a business based on that concept ever since, about nine years now, man. And that's what Be The Stage is and I'm pumped to talk about it. That's really powerful, man. Have a good and that's the community that you build. It's your family that you build because of the work you provide, right? And uh, that's how powerful it is. So uh, you are most also focused towards the community building. And just now you also sent me this video on email, like zero to community in four weeks, a strategy, a strategy that your CEO FO will love. So what was that? And uh, can you please elaborate it more? Yeah, man. Uh, well, first of all, that's just like a giant hook point title to get you interested, right? Like, cause what I, what I learned, what I learned when I first started really poking around at this community stuff, uh, my business coach, Jerry McNamara gave me this great piece of advice. That is you got to solve a Monday morning problem for people to buy. And <clears throat> I learned early on when I started niching into community that people do not get the Sunday scaries thinking, oh my God, I got to solve for a community on Monday morning. My boss is going to, you know, fire me if I, that he's demanding community. No, people are generally demanding something that leads to revenue um, on the front end. And what I realized was that there is a way to build community, which takes a long time, right? Like community building is not something it's, you can't, it can't happen overnight. Um, there's certain things that you really got to adhere to. And one of them is that it's very genuine and that you're helping others and that you uh, figure out a way to align with people. And that doesn't happen overnight, but there is a way to do that long-term while delivering on things that people really need, namely meetings with people that they want to do business with, content that they can use to market their business, um, and, and ways to, to leverage opportunities, events, and, and ways to engage with their already existing clientele and, and people that they do. Uh, most importantly is the idea that there is no better way to 
convince somebody to do business with you than to have them overhear a conversation between two people that love doing business with you, right? Like that is a beautiful customer acquisition strategy. And if you can engineer those moments early on, then uh, you start generating revenue from these community building activities that lead to, you know, having this like, you know, the thing that people see as a community. So that, that keynote that I got to give at, in Silicon Valley is about the story of the first time that we did that with JWB rental income, uh, rental property investing, JWB real estate capital. They're a rental property investing company where we launched this online talk show January, 2020 that fit the need for Greg Cohen to produce online content, Gary V style and have weekly webinars for his clients and the people that are thinking about doing business with him that within a year led to this really engaged community that generated 40 million bucks. But on the front end in the first, you know, like six months, we were able to produce results based on that idea of like pairing people in a conversation with people that are already all in. And then a year, once a year passed and we built this 4,000 person community, we realized that those $40 million really came from the 30 super engaged fans that were a part of it from the beginning. Uh, most of that, most of that revenue came from that. And then we reverse engineer of like, okay, so if that's the case, then if you're going to launch a community, you need to have like eight to 15, like diehard fans right off the bat. And we created a strategy to create that on the front end. So that once you launch a community, it can go quicker, which was the 30 days title. Did I hear 30 super engaged fan and $40 million? Yeah, 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 man. So there's a there's a concept in. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you know Russell Russell Brunson, right? Like Russell Brunson talks a lot about being a category king and doing all these things. The playbook on how you become a category king is is this book right here, Play Bigger, right? Like that is the that is the concept of category design, and that is really those. Those concepts is, is everything that I use these days. Within category design, there is this concept of the super consumer. And there is a statistic that most businesses generate somewhere between 50 to 70% of their uh, profitability off of 10% or less of their clientele. And those are the super consumers. And the reason that that happens is because if you are a category designer, instead of being obsessed with your product, you're obsessed with a problem that you solve. And if you can get these super consumers that are obsessed with solving that problem and you can really like leverage them, they're the ones that are going to give you all the insights of where to go next. They're the ones that spend the most inside the category. And really, I look at community creation as how do you get these super consumers together and then have other people interact with the super consumer. So for this community that we did for JWB, it was the super consumers, right? Like the 25 to 30 people that I'm talking about are their super consumers, which generated this inordinate amount of value because they themselves were to reinvest with them. They, you know, continue, they, they increased their lifetime value as clients. They're the ones that referred their friends. They're the ones that when somebody was like, oh, is this real? They're like, yeah, man, here's my phone number. Let's just hop on a call. Happy to just talk about this because I love it. Right. So, so that is, that is really the big aha moment that we had from that, that we've been really leaning into. That's crazy. That's literally powerful. So when it comes to super consumer, when you just mentioned this thing. So how uh, we figured it out that this 
particular group is my super consumer like uh, you mentioned the russell brunson right so he have the value ladder system like uh, when people is coming in my low ticket funnel and then entry level product and then upsell and then upsell and you are you have the same system to figure it out the super consumer funnel or there's something else you have no no man you know i'm not a big um <laughs> I mentioned Russell Brunson right off the bat because I, I assumed that you'd have name recognition for him. I'm not a big I'm not a big funnel guy, man. Like I'm 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 less about transactions and more about relationships, right? Like I value relationships over transactions. The way that I the way that I tease out the super consumer is by following the the ideas in category design, which state that he or she who can state the problem the best will be known to have the best solution, right? Because um, nobody wants to be convinced. People want to like enroll in a mission. So if I can figure out a way to evangelize a problem and just create this giant bat signal around this change that we want to see around the world, then people that really care about that are going to gather around. They're going to be attracted to that bat signal. And you know I, what I'm really good at is creating that signal, right? I'm really good at evangelizing. I'm a good hype man. So that's what that's what we do for people is we create this like a whole bunch of noise in the ecosystem around. Hey, this is what we care about. This is our point of view. This is the way we see the world. This is the problem with it. These are the ramifications. This is an idea of how to like solve that problem. This is what a future state looks like. And then we get that message out there and we get other people saying those words, saying that message by bringing them on these shows, these podcasts, these internet talk shows and having those conversations and then sharing it from their standpoint. And that way is, it's kind of like this flywheel effect, right? Because a people that, you know, somebody that sees somebody else speaking about it instead of me, are going to be more convinced about it, right? Because I'm not the person, they're not the person selling it. And B, I call it outsourcing context, right? Like I might be able to express the problem a certain way, but if you agree with the problem, you're going to have your own unique way of saying it, right? So if somebody else that hears it, that if they think like me already and they look like me and whatever, they're going to be all in, right? But if they think about it more like you, and they hear it from your words, then they're going to be more convinced. Or if they look like you and they come from your background or they identify with something from you, you know, like then they're going to be more convinced as well. Like you see this a lot with Gary Vee's content, right? Like he basically says the same stuff all the time. It's like content, empathy, self-awareness, right? Like um, it's all the same stuff, but because all his keynotes are him having Q and a, and then his like Instagram is somebody else asking him the question and him giving the same answer. It makes more sense to more people. Yeah, that's makes sense. And uh, what you mentioned is, uh, the first statement that is less about transaction and more about people, more about relationship. That's literally what it takes to build a good community as you are the one. Right. And uh, so you uh, you build this uh, podcast you have you grew your 40 million dollar channel through a podcast community for your first client so can you please share the breakdown uh, the process of how does it happen like uh, is it directly happened or you the thing that you mentioned you have a, you created noise for your customers so you also create a noise for the podcast i get some numbers as well like you have two podcasts like and the podcast which got 7000 downloads hit this mark 
and the podcast which hit uh, 9000 some marks didn't hit that mark so can you please share what it is i'm really curious to know like how does it happen and what is the breakdown uh, can you please break down this step for us yeah definitely man definitely so we we've kind of trademarked this thing as the relationship flywheel right because we focus on relationships over transactions and and the big differentiator is doing the show live right like running it not as a podcast but as an internet talk show and the 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 reason being that in order to improve it as much as possible you need feedback right and when you are running a live show uh, in order to figure out who your super consumer is how they speak and what's important for them running it live allows multiple other feedback points number 1 is when you invite people to the live show you know who's opening those emails you know who's responding you know who's you know like you know who's registering right like you start to understand like am i am i warm here or am i not when you see who shows up you start to realize am i speaking about things that people care about with people that they want to meet uh when you are running the live show and you start driving some interaction you start to understand how they ask the question what's top of mind for them are you hitting those points and then when you distribute that content not just to podcast but um repurpose it all and take that 1 hour recording and turn it into podcast youtube channel 10 different linkedin clips 10 different instagram clips 10 different social media uh facebook things a couple of quote cards and email about it you now you have all these different lines in the water where you can start getting feedback on like from the comments on it from people that are like sending you a dm about how great it is uh you know from the amount of likes or whatever right like you start getting that feedback and we think about it all so so that's that's the core concept is this idea that instead of doing a podcast you do an internet talk show because it gives you this feedback and if you can like you know iterate quickly through that piece and get to that point where you get 15 people um every single week showing up to it then number 16 shows up and they're like oh man there's something real happening here right so like um at first the the business that comes from it in the first like quarter to two quarters will come from reengaging somebody onto the show that you want to do business with um that that is like oh i forgot how great it is to like you know re up with you here right like it, in order to you have to um in, in order to um increase their lifetime value with you right but as time goes on you start tactically using that content to share in different ways that now allows you to expand that umbrella so first it becomes the people that you're having on the show then it becomes their friends and referrals eventually you just have this like community right this like moat of people that um somebody that's brand new that shows up that never heard of you they show up they're like man there's 30 people here that are like all in on this i guess it's real um so they're just much more convinced and it, and it makes sales much easier so that's kind of the that's the timeline of it the framework is different if you want me to go into that man this is completely a new stuff like uh, what you are doing right now it's a live interview on facebook and on youtube but what you are doing is you are doing live interviews in person and uh, is it in person you are doing live interviews and you have 10 people 15 people 30 people which they are getting more convinced because they see you in person and the chances of building trust and everything is good right so the in person thing is what i was doing in miami with these like live events right mm -hmm. the my what i do is i do it on zoom man cuz i'm trying to create this like level of intimacy 
right? Like, and we do, and we do go yeah. live to Facebook and other things, but you know, I'm, I'm not sure like right now on StreamYard or Facebook, I'm not sure who's interacting with this, but if I'm in a zoom call, I know that there's a chat right in front of me and I can speak directly to those people. So growing up in Miami in the nineties, man, like I grew up around nightclub culture, right? Like I know that there is no more powerful, like level of influence than that, like that velvet rope of the VIP section. And I think of, I think when you're in a nightclub, it's like you inside the DJ booth with the DJ, that's like the coolest people in the house. Then it's like the tables around them, that VIP section, that's the next level that people want to get into. Then there's a club. Then there's the people in line waiting to get into the club, right? So I think of, I think of the, the Zoom call, the person that I'm interviewing, we're in the DJ booth, man. People in the chat, they're in like the DJ VIP section. The rest of the VIP is... Um, the rest of the club is the people that are watching live right now on Facebook. And then other people that are in line waiting for the club are listening on the podcast, watching on YouTube while listening to my micro content. And when I'm on the show itself, I think of these like three vectors of relationship, I actually think of four vectors of relationship. I think of the relationship that I'm driving between me, the host and my guest, right? That is that person that's like a really, really high level value person that could become a client right away or, you know, I will up my level of like uh, influence because of who they are. Then I think of my relationship with the audience that's showing up live and I'm engaging with them purposefully, right? I'm like giving them nicknames. I, whenever they say something, I'm trying to like validate what they do. Um, then I think of the relationship between the audience and the guest and I'm trying to I'm trying to, I'm trying to lubricate that, right? Like when, when the, when the audience asks a question, I don't just take the question and ask it. I'll say, Hey, Nilesh has a question. He is an expert in podcasting. He teaches people how to get leads and how to produce a podcast and he can even do it for you. And his question is this, right? Like I try to add as much context as possible because that makes you feel like you're being introduced to the guest. And it gives the guest more context on how to answer the question, right? So it's helping both people out. And then when I'm promoting it, right, like when the, when it goes out, I'm also sharing the stage with the audience by saying their name. So they feel that they're more a part of it. And then the fourth, and then the fourth, you know, vector of connection that I drive is people to people inside the chat. If there's like a conversation going on in the chat, I'm giving that person credibility. I'm like, oh man, this person's saying that, that's a great take. You know, he seems like an expert. You should connect with him, right? So I'm, I'm trying to get people to be friends in that chat to become, to become part of the community. Um, and if you're doing those four levels of vectors and repurposing the content, now you've set up kind of what you described, this kind of funnel, but it's more like a concentric circles of like, yellow brick road to the middle of the thing right like if you see something on a on a instagram video and they're like man that sounds cool i need to listen to the whole conversation they go listen to the whole conversation like that sounds really cool this sounds like it's live i can go show up to it they show up live they realize that they can communicate with me and the guest immediately eventually they might add enough value where they become like a real member of the community eventually maybe they even get to play dj for one day right so you make that very clear that there is a a path to um, self-promotion and betterment for the people that want to be a part of this thing. And uh, it starts to really compress everything towards the center of the universe there. Wow. That's completely mind-blowing. So what you mentioned is just like we have a Fred watching us right now. We have a Suraj watching us right now. Hey, Nilesh and Pablo. We have Indrapreet is watching us right now live. We have Akshay is watching us right now live. That's how we are building the relationship, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. And and you know, like if if Fred or Neil or, or um, yeah, yeah, I have I have a hard you know like I'm I'm like Hispanic, so I, I know like Hispanic names hit me, but um, but other okay. but other cultural names like it takes me a little harder to to remember. Um, but you know, like if Fred was to if Fred was to say something um that I found interesting or 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 a comment in the chat and or he like calls out something that he learn from this thing, I would immediately be like, oh man, Fred just said this. Yeah, that's right, Fred. That's a good call. And I'll explain further and I'll build more of a relationship with him as well. And if I was the host and I was presenting him to you, I'd be like, oh, you know, Fred is this kind of person and uh, he's asking this kind of question or he made this realization because he's like that, right? So like it's it's getting people to feel like seen, right? And right. getting people to feel like you're sharing the stage with them is kind of key to this idea of I'm in it for you, man. I'm relational. I'm not transactional. I'm here to build something together. And then people, people are more into it. This is completely blown away. <laughs> Guys, if you are listening to us right now, right there, and if you want to get some more visibility, just drop your golden nugget here, right? So, and you, so you already give the best benefit of starting an interview show and of having your podcast and all, but many times people have this limiting belief or uh, they have this thought like, I don't want to start the kind of podcast at all. I, my clients are not listening to this kind of things and I don't, uh, I'm not really resonating with content creation at all. So what is your thought to this? Like you are in, into industry from this long time. What is your thought for to have this thing? I don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have this conversation a lot with people and it generally comes from a, some kind of like, I, I hate to use the term, right? But like some kind of self-limiting belief, right? Like um, people are generally coming from the place of, well, what value do I have to offer here that's actually going to get someone to want to come speak with me, right? Like that's generally what they feel bad about. Or they're like, I took a meeting last week. It was like, you know what, man? Like Grant Cardone's cool, but I just don't want to show up and like be all like cheesy like that. So um, I just try to, I just try to show them what the value is for the other person, right? Like if you can, if you can approach this thing from a, from a standpoint of service, uh, then you don't feel as bad, uh, shining a spotlight of your, on yourself or pretending you're some kind of a fake guru, which is what, what I normally hear is, is why people don't want to do it. So, um, if you're thinking that you're going to be a fake guru, then I say you don't have to be right. Like just getting, picking people's brains, uh, and getting really, really good at being curious is really all you need to do. All you need to think about is who are the people that you want to serve and what's important to them and who is interesting to them that could talk about that issue. And if you're doing that, now you're in service, right? Because you are bringing folks, people that things that they want to hear. And you are reaching out to folks that say, Hey man, I know a bunch of people that like care about this. And I think that you can help them. Let me be the one that facilitates that introduction. I see it all just kind of like a, like a big game of networking and nobody is, you know, nobody hates the guy that is the, the connector, right? Like people tend to love that person. So if you just see yourself as the connector of dots for others, that's more than enough beyond that. Why would someone come on my show when I have no audience? Most yeah. people don't, you know, like most people don't get the feeling of being truly seen and truly appreciated in their life very often. Even the biggest names out there, you know, most people are coming at them with a transactional mindset, right? Like I saw, I know that you had like Amanda Holmes on your show. She's a huge name, but when you, when you can tap into the idea of 
hey, Amanda, I really care about what you care about. And I want to be the person that like, I truly want to understand it. And I want to help others understand it. Now you're a partner to her, right? Like now you're an asset in her life. Not someone that's like, hey, can we get a cup of coffee? Or, hey, um, can you introduce me to blah, 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 blah. If you approach from a service mindset, um, all this stuff becomes a lot easier. I have a mic drop. <laughs> yeah. exactly. uh, like blown away. And the mic drop, I can say, because... Most of the time, what you mentioned is all we think that if uh, might be I can offer this person to any service or something, but if I give him the real genuineness that yes, I can serve you to become a better of whatever you are doing, I can help you to in your mission and in your vision, that's where the game changing things are happening. Yeah, man. Listen, when when you talk to people, what do you what do you tell them about it? Like, what's your what's your advice for folks that think that they don't want to start this thing? Uh, when I share with them, so I mostly talk about that uh, a person who is coming from a very shy and introvert kind of person and doing this kind of things is something actually develop a confidence of mine. I grew a network. I'm talking with that kind of people who actually help me and. I, uh, this is kind of thing that I'm sharing with them, right? So that's how, like, I'm not sharing with them, like, hey, you are, if you are going to make money and all those kind of things. This is not happened, right? But yes, I, I'm sharing with them that it's helped you to grow your personality. Use, it's helped you to grow yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what is, and, and as a, as a podcaster, right? Like what has been the benefit for you, right? Like you are halfway across the world right now and we are able to create this relationship right like um you know it's to me at at the on the on the bottom the bottom the low the floor of this right like the the lowest benefit of this thing is it's the greatest networking tool of all time like whether or not whether or not it leads to sales or whatever it's going to lead to getting relationships with people that you would have never had the chance to get a relationship with. And that is really, really worth it. No matter, no matter what yeah. you say, you know? Yeah, that's so true. Like uh, if I can, uh, if one more thing I can add on here is I didn't get a time for, uh, suppose if I, uh, we talk about Amanda Holmes, right? So I didn't get a time for, of her for free completely. I need to, if I want to talk with her for, Suppose 30 minutes or more an hour, I need to pay whatever the consulting charges she have. But because of this platform, I'm able to talk with her completely for free. And it's completely, I think I did interview with her for 30 to 40 minutes. A hundred percent, man. And, and like, and then if you, and so that's the baseline, right? You get to talk to someone for free. If you get good at it, right? Like you can get into whatever door you want. Right. Like I, I, I really, I live, I live my life. Anytime someone's just like, how do I accomplish this? My number one piece of advice is find a way to serve the people that hold the keys to the doors that you want to open. <laughs> right. Um, and, and a podcast is that way. Right. So like, let's say I wanted to get to, I don't know, let's, let's, I, I, I'll use the example of the play bigger guys. Right. Like, so I'm obsessed with category design. I read, I've read this book five times. I literally just finished it for the fifth time on audible this week. Um, yeah. The reason why is because about a year and a half ago, I got the opportunity to interview Christopher Lockhead, right? The godfather of category design. As I interviewed him, then 
through LinkedIn and through social media, because I'm like posting stuff and whatever people in his orbit started, you know, seeing who I am. As that started happening, I realized that there was two people. There was one of his co-authors for the book and one of his like mentees were both starting a community. One guy was starting a community. I saw what he was doing. I was like, Hey man, I'm super into community. Let me, um, let me give you some advice. And I gave him some advice. I was like, Hey, this community isn't going to really work. Right. And he's like, Oh, cool. Did it. The community didn't really work. Then there was another guy that started a community a different way. It was kind of working. And he reached out to me because he, you know, saw that I can talk about it. I was like, listen, man, what you're doing is good. I would add X, Y, Z. By the way, why don't you and this other guy that had tried to start a community, why don't you just kind of like join forces? And if you join forces, then we can do this like show thing together with like both audiences. And now we have more of a community thing going. And today was the launch of the category thinkers community where I got to host the the show of them talking about it. Right. So like in, in I read this book in early 2020 and in within three years, I've gone from like, wow, this is something that is brilliant and I'm obsessed with it to meeting the top guy in the discipline. And now I'm the host of the community for these people that really, really care about this with Lockhead himself DMing me on LinkedIn saying, dude, we've tried this like four times. It's never worked. I'm super pumped that you're doing this. This is awesome. And I tell all the story to say that in a very short amount of time, if you can leverage this idea of having a stage, having a podcast that you can meet people from and prove yourself valuable in the area of expertise to the folks that care about the thing that you care about, you get in the door, right? Like, and I, I got in from the front door and now, you know, I get to be guilty by association with the leaders of this discipline and anybody else coming into it. That's that's more valuable to me than any client that you could ever send my way. Again, again one more uh, mic drop idea you just thrown away. And yes, it's completely true. I'm agree with you on this point of a thousand percent because I personally feel it. I personally resonating with it. I'm doing it from more than a year. So guys, if you are someone, just go for it. <laughs> Don't wait a lot. So you also mentioned this one thing, a uh, relationship of uh, flywheels. So what was the means of the relationship flywheels? Did we discuss this point or yeah. it is something uh, completely different for uh, content or thing you have? Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the concept of a flywheel? Do you know what a flywheel is? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure 100%, but we is something about a wheel, but a flywheel, I'm not sure. Yeah. So the physical, a physical flywheel is like a mechanical part that you start to spin it. It's like heavy and you start to spin it. And at some point it gains enough momentum where the momentum feeds itself. Right. And that concept for business got popularized by Jim Collins, who is one of the foremost uh, business thinkers, uh, business strategists of, of this last generation. He wrote uh, good to great, the book that's over here and, and like seven other books about like how you build enduring companies. And what he found is that the great enduring companies build something called a flywheel inside of them, right? Like they focus on this thing that the more they do, the more it continues to build momentum until it just like jumps off the page. Amazon has a flywheel of, you know, them by them being able to like get products at a certain price and distribute it. The more products they get, the more people that come, the cheaper that they can do it, the more that they can do return, right? Like Amazon has a self-feeding thing. Facebook has a data flywheel. For me, I believe that if you, if you are consistently building relationships, you can have this flywheel effect, right? The more relationships that you get, 
the more that it compounds. And eventually, if you know everybody, you can basically do anything, right? So for me, as I diagram this flywheel for relationships, it has three components, value, connections, and content. And essentially, you know, relationships are based on mutual share of value, right? Like if you can make a, a value obvious, right? Like, hey, this is what I have to offer um, for you. And, and, that, and that becomes very clear. In our case, it's a podcast, right? Or an internet talk show. Hey, I can put you on my stage. That's the piece of value, right? And then when you are on the stage, you are driving connections the way that I said, those four levers of connection. And you're doing that well. And then you're recording that so that you're making this content that you're repurposing and distributing. You're now making that value more obvious, which then allows you to drive more connections, which allows you to create more content, which makes the value more obvious and it continues to go, right? So like if you, if you approach it this way, the podcast thing, the internet talk show thing, um, and the repurposing part of it, and you, and you do it that way, it creates this flywheel that is a compounding asset that gains momentum. And essentially, you know, you go from being the guy that just read this book to the guy that is like in charge of the community about the subject. Powerful man, literally again, uh, and uh, we have Joshua. He's saying like, yes, the flywheel is real. Definitely, it's real. Right? Yeah. So, so that's so that's Josh. Right. Let's let's do it right now. That's Josh. He is an an ed tech expert that has that has experimented with stuff. He took my class. He's experimented right. with it. Right. Like he's doing it live at certain like trade shows. He's got his own show. You know, like he he is been able to leverage the idea that he knows how to do this stuff to partner with one of his heroes who leads a think tank in educational technology that's had an exit, right? So like Josh is somebody that's completely lived this concept uh, and a super cool dude with great hair, just for the record. Powerful, yes, uh, Josh is a very great person, yeah. Thank you, this is completely blown away my mind and when you mentioned this, the digital flywheel, uh, sorry, the relationship flywheel, this uh, content, relationship and crazy 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 thoughts you share so uh, you also have this one thing which is a uh, be this stage mm -hmm. can you what it means like you have this company be this stage so how did you get the idea of be this stage and what it is man you know my company is called be the stage because i see I see the podcast or the show as a stage right like what i learned in what i learned in those nonprofit groups that I was a part of, right, was the idea that if I have a stage to leverage, if I am, if I am, you know, offering somebody how to, how to, you know, like that I can put them in front of other people and they can be the star of a stage, then I get access to a different level of person. And I had a big aha moment when I got invited after doing this a bunch, right, like in different charities. Uh, my CEO of the company I was working for got invited to speak on a panel about smart cities in front of the Economic Development Agency of Miami. He didn't want to go. Last minute, sent me. I get there and I get on stage on a panel with the head of Latin America for Cisco Systems and the head of the Smart Cities Initiatives for the World Bank and me. I do my thing. When I come off stage, there's a line seven. This was at a time where I thought that I was like stuck in my career and like I was afraid of getting laid off. When I get off the stage, there's a line seven people deep waiting to talk to me. And most of these people are like trying to do business with me because they think I'm like a big deal. And I had this big aha moment that was, oh, wait a minute. 
I'm like not a big deal inside my company, but these people all think I am. They think I'm a decision maker and they think I got it, you know, I got it all together. What's happening? Well, what was happening is that the brain justifies what it sees, right? So um, if you're in the audience and I'm on stage, then the brain is telling you that person must know something that I don't know, right? Like they must be really special for some reason because I'm here in regular person land and they're up there in special person land. And if you're on the stage with people of a certain level, you then become guilty by association on that level, right? So for those folks, I was at the same level as the head of Latin America for Cisco Systems and the head of the Smart Cities Initiative of the World Bank, right? And the aha moment there was not, oh, how can I get on more stages is, oh, I know how to do this trick. I can put other people on a stage with each other, forge a relationship and make them, you know, validate them in front of others. And I started executing that thing. And what was what was clear to me that Luis Comejo was the guy that, you know, called this out on content as profit the first time I was on there is that most people have that aha moment and think, oh, I need to get on more stages. I immediately realized it's more valuable to be the stage, to be able to use that lever to, to connect with people long-term than to try to get on other people's stages. And the way that I describe that is I think it's much more valuable to be a kingmaker than to try to be king. Because if you're trying to be king, you're out there competing with everybody else that wants to be king. But if you're a kingmaker, everybody that thinks they have the talent to be king wants to be your best friend. And I just think that that's a much more sustainable, better approach to doing business. What thought you have king? Become a kingmaker than just be a, being a king. It's completely... I love this perspective. I'm hearing this for the very first time on my show after like we did 65 or 70 episodes but something that you shared is be the kingmaker instead of just becoming a king. This is the biggest takeaway I can see from this. Uh, there is a lot of golden nugget I got from this interview but yes, uh, we are here to make impact and we are here to create more and more leaders as we can say a kingmaker. Right? Yeah. Literally yeah. powerful. Literally powerful. Thank you so much, Pablo, for joining us for on the Entrepreneurs Voracious. And I'm really grateful of your presence. So, uh, where do people can find you and connect with you? Uh, go to be the stage live and see what we got going on over there. Right? Like to me, that's uh, that's my business page. But I, the, the other here's here's a nugget for you, man. I. I host two podcasts. You know this, right? The B2B Community Builder Show and the Not Your Average Investor Show. And my name is Pablo Gonzalez. Pablo Gonzalez is like the John Smith of South America, right? Like we we are the most, it's a very common name in a culture that has a lot of kids and names them all after themselves. Um, I have never been able to rank on Google, rank on anything for my name. But if you go to if you go to iTunes or if you go to uh, you know Apple 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 Music or Apple Podcasts or you go to Spotify and you put Pablo Gonzalez with a Z at the end, my shows are going to show up in the top five results, both of them. Wow. Um, and I and I say that to say that a go look for me there. That's because I want you to listen to my shows. That's my favorite thing, and you know like connect with me however you want. You can always find me that way. But I say that because it's a giant opportunity. This like audio medium of podcasting, which I know that you're passionate about and I know that you help people with, is a big, big real estate opportunity. We're moving into a world where AI is able to catalog podcasts better. At some point, you're going to be able to ask Alexa, hey, Alexa, connect me to Pablo Gonzalez. And, they're gonna, and she's going to pick the first Pablo Gonzalez it thinks of 
in the audio world, not in the website world, right? So um, the idea that you can rank relatively easy for the most common term ever in the audio world still today by podcasting is a big opportunity for your name, for the thing that you care about. So, you know, like I say that to find me, but also to encourage people to, to work with you and figure out how to like get a podcast going. Cause it's to me equivalent to like buying Manhattan real estate 300 years ago. Cause it's going to be very, very valuable in the near future. Crazy thing you just shared with us before we wrap up the show. Uh, would you like to give some more insights on AI and podcast? If we have a time. I, I think I'm good there. I'm not like an expert in AI, man. I just, okay. I, I, I just, I like to share from my, from my experience, the idea that people are underpricing the value of having a podcast. Number one, because they don't realize that it's just a great way to build a network. They think that they're trying to be like Oprah or something like that, which by the way, Oprah became famous by building a network and being guilty by association with people on a stage doing a talk show. Um, but two, um, they, they misunderstand the opportunity that is, hey, if your name shows up in all these audio mediums right now, you still get to be part of a very small po population of people whose name shows up in that medium and searchable that is growing like crazy. So I just think it's a, it's a giant opportunity. So guys, I hope you got a lot of values and share your biggest takeaways in the chat box. I know you have a lot of takeaways from this interview. Share your, what is the biggest takeaway in the chat box and share your love to our special guest Pablo in the chat box. And I'm going to share with you all the related links in the description, in the show notes. So go and check that out. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks a lot, Pablo, for being a part of the Entrepreneur's Warrior Show. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, man. <laughs>